Alligator Blood, 200 metres to go. Zaki not done with, but Alligator Blood, three quarters. Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck, running on. 100 to go. Alligator Blood from Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck. Alligator Blood, the Gator's going to do it today. Alligator Blood's won it. How good was that? Gator Listen to the fans. Oh, no. Screaming. Great. It delivered, didn't it? I think so. On the pre-game hype. When a leader wins a race, I always feel like it's a bit of a letdown because it's not much of a spectacle. Well, then you haven't enjoyed the Group 1 racing in Melbourne so far this spring. No, I haven't at all. <laughs> spring for the map men. It has. The map makers, are, uh, they're dominating. Snapdancer, Cool and Gatter, Alligator Blood, three from four. And Thunderstruck had to pull one out of the fire to stop them going four from four. And yet we still hear trainers talking about how much better off they'll be when they're ridden a little bit quieter and with cover. The annoying thing with I'm Thunderstruck on Sunday was Mark Zara conceded so much at the start, happy to give up lengths when they're so cheap, and then it's so much harder to buy them at the end of a race, mm. which he had to do. Wouldn't so, go far on Wall Street. He wouldn't. <laughs> did Jamie Carr, did she make the mistake on Zaki not pressuring Alligator Blood enough? Oh, I don't think so. He copped one right across the beak at the 200. Zaki, don't make which, an excuse for Zaki. Oh, it might not have done him any good. Not that I've done any or a great deal of um, top-level racing in recent times, but I reckon if I was if I was digging in and, and looking for those extra reserves, copying one across the mush might... Might, <laughs> might stop you. <laughs> might slow me up a bit. Hang on a second. Um, he ran quite well and Thunderstruck. He did, Mark Zara did slip them too much. He's a candidate mm. for the Taylor Pendrith this week, but hot field this week, actually. <laughs> Sandown brings that out a little bit. She's got the big straights. You can take your time. Ugh. Yeah. He did slip them too much rope and he finished fast. I'm thunderstruck. And my read of things is that he probably should have been in the finish without being able to say anything conclusive. He did finish fast. They all finished fast. They're good horses. And yeah, I think, it, as you say, Mr. Brightside and I'm thunderstruck never really got involved, even though they weren't miles away at the finish. And, and Zaki underperformed a little bit, only a little bit. But I think the race still still delivered. And one of the great things about it being at Sandown for mine is the second, and it's you know they'll compare it with Caulfield and it'll turn over less money than the might and power at Caulfield on a Saturday, but what it does do is gives the might and power another dimension because it's going to be a very different race. Instead of this being basically a poor man's might and power, it's its own distinct race with a very sand-down distinct race shape, which is they've kicked right on down the hill there. And it, it's, um yeah, there's a really positive second-order effect, I think, having these good races at Sandown because having that element of track to track different tracks it's one of the great things about betting in melbourne i think is that we've got the straight six and mooney valley's tight and they're about to ruin that too and then we've got big sand down they want to get rid of that and they want to turn everything into a mini doombin and make everything same mm. but i love that the you know is it a mooney valley i love almost the fact that i don't care while everyone else does is it a mooney valley horse is it a straight track horse doesn't it love sand down all those sort of things and it, it will add some spice i think going into the the might and power and, and then the Cox Plate, which Alligator Blood stamped his ticket towards. Do you think it will affect the market for that race, yesterday's result? I think people will pay Alligator Blood a good deal more respect, myself included. But does he he won't start ahead of Zaki or I'm Thunderstruck in that race? No, I don't think so. No, I think they'll they'll stay in front of him and but Animo's shored himself up at the top of things, hasn't he? He's actually won the race yesterday by not racing. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's sat at home on the couch and, and enjoyed watching them go at it and, and feels pretty good about himself, I'd imagine. He's not scared of much there, I don't think. No, but it must be said, though, ratings-wise, they're about as good as him. Mm. 
I mean, we all, everyone love Winks and, and we love Black Caviar and things, but how much better are these springs where the good races are a competition, not a procession? Yeah. You know, I don't, people might like going to the races and waving their flag at a dollar ten shot, but this is, this is great. This is real you racing. Could hear the, you could hear it in the sand down oh, crowd. The buzz. So good. Yeah, that was fantastic. So, yeah, that was the highest rated horse. I mean, that's why we're, we're talking about him off the top. That was the highest rated horse anywhere in the world this weekend. Not that I've rated every single race You're getting in the world. There. I've had a Good crack at it today, actually. But <laughs> yeah. haven't got them all. Revels Romance won a beat the German Derby winner in Germany last night. That might run it close, but um, and just because I'm a stickler for the rules, before I throw to you, I will go back to last week and say, having got back to modern games, he would have outrun Nature Strip last week. <laughs> stickler for the rules. So hat tip to modern games for his uh, Woodbine Mile win last week. I think he ran about 128 there. Thrashed Group One winners in that race. So um, yeah, just a little, as I said, absolute stickler for the rules. Yeah, got to mention him. I think post-race most were suggesting that I'm Thunderstruck didn't run out the trip. That's yeah, not is that a thing? Team, believe your eyes. That was everyone's take of the race. Yeah, okay. Well, he finished fastest, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he... It wasn't a um, end-to-end test at 1800. It wasn't a, a test of stamina by any stretch. It was a test of late speed for which he was poorly positioned, but not so poorly that I'd be... Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not drawing any hard conclusions about... Well, about any of them, to be honest. One thing Thunderstruck absolutely did do is put his hand up to be our fourth of the year. Yeah. He's run to 120. That's the other thing. He's only run four pounds off his best. And not only was his Maccabi Diva 124, and not only was he only four pounds off his Maccabi Diva 124, but that form actually, you know, the error around it, if you like, the uncertainty around that rating was reduced by Alligator Blood backing it up and running 123 again. And Mwanga, you know, even suggesting that maybe that Maccabi Diva was even better. Mm. Yeah, nice little push for I'm Thunderstruck, but you know he'll be he'll be wrapped to run fourth there and, and go right into the running. 120 running fourth, that's a strong contender. In fact, I think it was 120 that saw Think It Over win. People talk about honour rolls. Oh. How's that for our first two winners? Think It Over, Thunderstruck, both running 120 in fourth. But there's a lot of spring to go. There's yeah. a lot of good fourths out there to be won. The biggest flop, this was a bit tricky. This, to me, I'm not sure I agree, but the rules state, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it was tricky because we, we just run up the rules. Yep. This is rules as rules. In, it, the, in the market and 14 pounds off your best, Paul Laley. See you, pal. Mm-hmm. Flop of the week. Flop of the week. But you thought he shaped all right. I thought it was fine. Beaten two and a half lengths, the way the track played at the Valley on Friday night. I think it's a tad harsh. I'll tell you what he did do. Run a lot better than in the Congo did when we saw him at 1,000 metres. This is very true. And probably the same. 1,000 metres is just not... Not his go. Not his go. And as you say, the track was certainly... Um, it was an advantage to be fencing it yep. on the on the night there. So I can see that there – but that's not the rules. That's flop of the week. The yeah, you come up with all the nice excuses, and even if they're plausible, I don't care. In the market and 14 pounds off your best, see ya. I will say there was an um, absolute honourable mention here for flop of the week. Yep. And I'm sure this one came across you as you would have considered this as well. Sakaro in the Long Reach Cup, mate. Disappointing. So he's come off winning the Birdsville and Battery Cups. He's in cups form, goes to long reach, starts favourite. This is a horse that has run fifth in a Caulfield Guineas, Sakara. The autumn sun form taking another hit <laughs> up at long reach on Saturday. He's run 30 pounds off his best in fourth to Centaur. And Centaur's gone very well to win the long reach cup, but still Sakara. That's, that's, that's poor. Mm, they won't be thrilled about that at, Any, at Arrowfield. Anything in the stewards report? <laughs> you know what? I haven't got to the long reach stewards reports yet, but... Um, 
I'm sure they'll be pouring over it at Arrowfield with the Autumn Suns form copping wax like that. Another whack. Another whack. So he was a contender, but we gave it to Paul Laley because we're um, focused on the top end here. We are. You touched on the Autumn Sun just by chance. So he ran 120 winning the Golden Rose, which is what Jack and O ran on Saturday. Yeah, well, that's a beautiful bit of work, tying that all together like that. He was um, impressive, Jack and O, because he didn't run 100, didn't only run 120, he ran 120 plus. With a bullet. Because he has finished running all over in secret at the end there and the well-ridden Morikawa candidate, Ben Melamon Zoo Tiger. Smart tactics. Yep, smart Whoever tactics. Whoever drew that up, very clever. Got the absolute best out of Zoo Tiger there. Um, but yeah, Jack and O full of running at the finish and yeah, plus on that 120 and off to the Everest he goes. Off to the Everest, a plus and a dagger into the heart of Dinopolis who <laughs> thought in secret was home and if it wasn't for Flindell's call, I didn't actually see Jack and O till he, Flindell started falling out of the box. <laughs> but a huge win and just looking at Jack and O, I know a lot of people are going to say, what are they doing running in the Everest? It's stupid, he can't beat nature strip, blah, blah, blah. So yes, 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 ran 122 in the Golden Rose and then ran 125 winning the Everest. So if Jack and O shows similar improvement, if he can get to 123, if not higher, I'm telling you one thing, he's in the finish behind Nature Strip. So I don't think it's a stupid decision to go that way with him. No. I mean, he fits the, the mould of, of three-year-olds, of a yes, yes, yes. I don't think that's a, an outrageous comparison. The other three-year-olds that have run in it, Australian three-year-olds anyway, Tulip, Hoots and Graf, Home Affairs, She Will Reign, he would be rated higher than all of them. Home Affairs maybe. No, Home Affairs is rated 118 off the Heritage, so he's every bit as good. As, this is every bit as good as Home Affairs Heritage win, even a bit better. In you go. And it can do in the world of good for the Coolmore. Tough competition against tough competition. You've got the path. It's doing the world of good. Yeah. Looking at it, the premiere this weekend will be the – I'm guessing going to decide who runs second favourite, whoever wins on Saturday, going towards the Everest. I think Jackano, regardless, will be third pick in the market. That's probably right. I think interesting when I was looking at Cool and Gatter winning the Moyer, and you, you look for those cheap little ties back to the the past there. So Cool and Gatter beats Bella Nipotina, and I'm looking back at She Will Reign as a three year old filly beating Vidora, and I thought, gee, that's that that's, feels very like for like, doesn't mm, it? Yeah. Bella Nipotina, Vidora, yeah, yeah, and Cool and Gatter. So Cool and Gatter, I've got 117 and She Will Rain 119. But She Will Rain actually went into the Everest off that. And I assume Cool and Gatter will probably get a slot if, if they want it. Because yep. there's half a dozen slots to go and Who's some, gonna run? someone's got to run. Mm. Um, it may as well be a, a filly in form with upside. So She Will Rain went into an Everest and jumped second pick and jumped shorter than Red Zell, Chautauqua and Santa Ana Lane. <laughs> so what price does Cool and Gatter just starts 5 to 2, does she? <laughs> 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 I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but... Mm. That looks bizarro, bizarro, doesn't it? But it's interesting. So the, those three-year-olds will have their fence up. From my memory as well, Graf, who was rated 117, so same as Cool and Gatter, and behind where we've got Jackano now, was he? He was off the map, wasn't he? In mm, an Everest, he was. I feel like he was. He was strongly backed as well. I can't really remember Home Affairs last year being well fancied. The three-year-old off a win will have fans, but of course they they fit the same mold as every horse. You talk about the Premier. All these horses now that. Pretty much classique legend has gone by the wayside. There's no horse in the land that's possibly going to run in an Everest without being in the scenario of needing Nature Strip to throw in a bad one. Yep. So he went round 11 to 1, Home Affairs. Yeah, okay. I think Jack and I will start inside that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Home Affairs did run a very fast time figure on Golden Rose Day, winning the Heritage. but yep. um, And it stacked up really well with the Golden Rose that day on the clock. But um, he was still a three-year-old off the Heritage, not off the Golden Rose. That matters. Yep. 
Um, it matters statistically and so it matters to the big boys. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think the fact that Home Affairs could be fancied off a three-year-old listed says that Jack and I will be fancied off a Golden Rose. And the setup for the Golden Roads into the Everest is perfect. Yeah, lovely setup. High pressure, 1,400, back in trip, three weeks. Mm. It's fantastic. So I think Nature Trip doesn't turn up. I think he's as good a chance as any. In terms of your next in line, as we touched on, the Premier will probably decide who runs second pick, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Jack and I start second pick in the Everest. Yeah. No, there's, there's reason to think he'll be well fancy. The other one that's really interesting coming out of the, the Golden Rose, the other one in the field, if you like, that was finishing full of running. And with a flourish was Fireburn on top of the ground too. Mm. Track variant on Saturday was yeah we were pushing right into the good range, so that was good nice to see. To see. And, and we can also see that on the radar that that's all about to change. Is that right? <laughs> Unfortunately, but Fireburn was fantastic on top of the ground through Jackano and Cool and Gatter and others. That slipper form has held up really really well. The ratings held up really well. So her one eighteen from her two year old years is rock solid. She did do it. She didn't do it here. She ran to one hundred and ten, but she ran to one hundred and ten. Fuller running, mm. so um, Got I, th- I think up. it's still within range. I think she can do it again. I think she can get back to something like that level. And if she does, she's she is cool and gather in secret. Good. I tell you what, they don't want her to. Everyone else who's running in the flight on Saturday want her to be in the paddock. But madness if they don't run her on Saturday. Yeah, well, I think I was saying to you, I'd be I'd be going to Melbourne for the thousand guineas, which doesn't look strong to me. No. In fact, interesting fun fact: Paris Dior ran twelfth in the Golden Rose. Yep. And a well-ridden twelfth. Ran to 101 in 12th with me. And that was the number that Waltz on by used to win the Guineas trial in at Sandown on Sunday. Yeah, wow. So that's sort of where that all fits in. So I'm, I'm looking at Fireburn. She's running away from Paris Dior here. I mean, she'd be running away from those fillies in Melbourne. Yep. Possible exception of Boogie Dancer who absolutely belted up the Prelude fillies but in testing conditions. And I think there's a – I think anyone who tells you they know exactly what they were dealing with there is – Lying. Having a lend, yeah. So, Gary, if you're listening – Please back up. Huge chance. But 1,000 guineas in Melbourne and then you get – there's a huge bonus into the Empire Rose, which is – that is the race. For a mile her. at Flemington. Yep. Put a big circle around yep. it and run because lesser fillies than her have won that. And three-year-olds have a fantastic record in that race. So I thought it would be interesting to look at the features for two-year-olds last year. Bit of swamp form, also including the Blue Diamond, and see what has happened subsequently. So this is, if horses have contested these features, what have they done in all the subsequent starts? So it includes their two-year-old run. So if you ran in the slipper, then you ran in the size. It's counted in that. Only one race has actually won more than expected by the market subsequently. Which race do you think? I think it's the golden slipper. Correct. So the slippers had 46 runners out of it for seven wins against the market expected 65 Market's pretty clever. Yeah. The kindergarten has the worst. So 23 starts, two winners, the market expected four. The JJ Atkins is like for like, three for 3.5. Champagne, similar. And the sires, four winners out of it from 32 runners against an expected of 5.25. So no real surprise, the slipper is the key form reference. But the sires, Champagne, especially the JJ Atkins, are trending downward on what they would in previous years. Of all of that, I mean, the Champagne was a bit, was a flimsy sort of race and, and the Atkins was busy. The size, to me, looked like it was going to be a good race and that Fireburn essentially turned up and went bang again and ran really well. And, and I thought a couple of the beaten brigade there were going to be the improvers, but they haven't been, particularly the ones in Melbourne. Let's roll the dice is legless. 
and count the headlights admittedly in a farcically run race yesterday but just never got sighted so um a few of the horses who admittedly were beaten a long way and didn't have anything to do with that form really but horses who i thought looked okay and looked like they belong there and get them away from the swamp and i expect sharp improvement but we haven't really yeah what you're saying we haven't really seen horses get back on top of the ground and improve no. a, l- a lot anyway so four winners have come out of the size or four wins from 32 starts two of those were wealthy investor a wang maiden and a hawksbury class one mm. yeah and hence no real surprise to see new form emerge in the likes of af cabin golden mile they look to be the guineas headliners jack and i came through Blue Diamond and Golden Slipper. So he's a traditional. You would expect that if you're above average at two, you're generally above average at three, and he's gone on with it now. The Colin Morikara Award, which jockey flushed it this weekend, the table's up on the site. If you haven't seen it, just go through racingandsports.com.au, click on podcast in the racing section. Bit of a surprise for me this week who came up, well, the ride for me in particular, because judging by my eyes, no (laughs) way. This was a bad ride. This was a bad ride. Yeah. But no, I was excited about that. Yep. But according to the numbers, and the numbers never lie, it's one thing I have learnt, Damien Lane, Rothfire, flushed it. Yep. Perfect ride on Rothfire. Now there'll be some people that... You're kidding, Blanco. He got pantsed by Willow. Yeah. And then we're going to turn around and belt him. <laughs> <laughs> but by the numbers, Rothfire was in a, a great spot there. By the way the track played and by the way Damien Lane got played, perhaps not. But um, I think Rothfire was probably a touch disappointing all the same, maybe a touch flat. I mean, how much is the rail worth, do you think? I mean, he's run 11 pounds, I think, below the, the McEwen run. I think he just had a flat one. Because mm. it's not – I mean, Bell and Nipotina showed that if you're really humming, if you're flying, you can, you know. Well, that's the that's the thing if you want to say the fence is really advantageous because how good are you saying Bell and Nipotina went then? She did go very well. Is she going to get an Everest spot? Mm. I mean, <laughs> she feels like – are you kidding me? But at yeah. the same time, like we are saying before, there's half a dozen slots and someone's got to run. The finishing speed of, of Rothfire was exactly in line with, with Parr and just to prove it wasn't a fluke, he turned around and won on Daisy's doing almost exactly the same thing from last in the in the last on the card as well and then turned around 24 hours later, well, less than 24 hours later and won the Golden Rose. So it's a full body of work job for for Damien Lane there and a, a well-deserved uh, Morikawa. So chalk that up on the site, up mm. on the boards. Has yes. he won it before? Surely. I'm surprising he's able to perform well in Sydney. He's never looked up to it in Sydney, Damien Lane. <laughs> I'm not sure how he's, he's, it, turned, it I think he's turned it all around having only won several derbies. It's just going to make me and laugh a golden forever that. And yeah. now a golden rose. Eagle, what's he on in the eagle? Eagle upcoming and then he's got the golden slam. He could do the slam. I have no idea if he's uh, is he, is he on a relevant eagle horse. I think the disappointing thing, he had a key golden eagle chance. But Alation obviously missing the spring now because he would have been McPrice's horse heading ah, that way. Of course, I've completely forgotten about Alation. Yeah, mm. that was his, uh, that would have been his, his game plan mm. early on. Another honorary mention, which I thought was interesting, is um, very well could have won it again, was um, Jai McNeil on Fajita San again. Again. Mm, which is very interesting. So Fajita San's run 104 being beaten by Tier 1, 105. Tier 1 has the McNeil form, but he won a Morikawa in that. Yep. Mick D for perfect ride uh, and very close to perfect again at the, the Valley on Friday night to run to 100. So he, T1 has gone 103, 103, 105 and I'm saying, which is fine and it's been good enough to win him a start. But that's so far off where a Caulfield Guinea should be one that it's surely completely irrelevant and that's a long way behind. Well, he was 11 pounds behind Jack and Owen the McNeil 
and I think that margin has only extended. Yep. And for more like for like we said that with Paris Dior and Waltz on by earlier, both running 101. I mean, tier one is 105 matches. Basically, this finish matches Mullane beating Dormier eighth, ninth in the Golden Rose. So I think that's that might be interesting. That might make for good podcasting. That's where that slots in ratings-wise in, in the Golden Rose. And again, Fahita San and Tier 1 are, are well-ridden. So I don't think that's I don't think the locals, certainly through the start, which actually historically has a terrible record as well um, in the Guineas. So it's aft cabin or bust, really, for Melbourne? It does look a bit that way, yeah. I'm not sure what, not sure where else they're coming from. Well, actually, another beautiful segue off to the Taylor Pendrith. Maybe there's an enormous improver in elliptical. Given none. Gee whiz. In a farcically run race, he is doing a lot of running late on. It might have been a little bit his own fault. I think he took ages to get himself together. And they can do that at Sandown, down the hill. They can sort of lose their, you know, maybe not use, use themselves as well as they... They could or would on a flatter track. We don't have very many, um, and even that, you know, relative maybe to some of the tracks in the UK and things is hardly, you know, it's hardly down the reverse camber at Epsom. But it does seem to catch a few horses out every now and then and it elliptical just took forever to get himself organised. But that's Craig's job. Mm. And so for that, Craig wins the Taylor Pendrith this week because he has run all over them at the finish there and looks the best horse in that race by a long, long way elliptical. He's um, a long, long way off Caulfield Guinea standard himself, but I'm starting to think that I need to lower the bar. You do. Mm. I'm sitting here looking for where's the next Hoobie got you. <laughs> it's not happening this year, is it? No. I think the the line at the moment, I think, is 115. That's the top end for the Guineas. Mm. Yeah, I probably, probably do need to wheel it back a bit. And that's, to be honest, that's probably beyond elliptical in the short term as well. Maybe he's more of a carbine club horse. And this was a time-honoured carbine club trial. The open handicap on Sandown Sunday, but he's he's run really well elliptical and, and he's a nice horse and he comes from behind that Berkeley Square form as well, which was slow race, which has produced a little bit of form already with well Tijuana and, and Co. But maybe maybe through all of this there is some sort of nudge for Berkeley Square as well. But I just think there are yeah, as I said, maybe I've just got to lower my lower the stand lower my bar. But I just feel like they're they're too far off what should win a Caulfield Guineas. The interesting thing with Berkeley Square is he was slaughtered and still. Yeah, so he's obviously a good deal. He's a he's a good deal better than that. Mm. The big winner for Craig winning the Taylor Penrith is we've now seen him do it from both ends. So he's won the Taylor Penrith leading, and he's also won it coming from last. So he's also won it winning by six. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start thinking this is a vendetta. We've got actually nothing but love for Craig on this podcast. Absolute friend of the show. Speaking of friends of the show, I must say I disgracefully I didn't actually watch a lot of the Presidents Cup, which is disappointing for me and. For the podcast, really, we should have watched more. But I did flick it on this morning, and the first thing, I, literally, the first thing I see is Taylor Pendrith in the middle of the fairway, a hundred out, make bogey. <laughs> I thought that's fitting. That's and, what and we awarded him was three shots in front in his match, and I thought, oh, we do have these awards name right. Yeah. This is yeah. There'll be no change. All is right in the world. Pendrith has a nice ring to it as well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he was uh, embarrassed himself there at the Presidents Cup, and that's good. Yeah. That's the role we need him to play. It was no good for us when he started zinging it. No. <laughs> Another person who embarrassed themselves on the weekend, Chrissy Parnham. Very, very, very lucky not to chalk up his second Taylor Penrith Award on advanced in the last at Belmont on Saturday. Just a lazy 22-pound markup. Drawn wide, so was always going to go back, but he was sitting motionless 
well into the straight. And the winner... An arrogant Pendrith. Is an arrogant Pendrith. The winner settled in front of him marginally and just got there. Dead eight for first. Alpha Cena, which was huge. I think this is going to be a really, really, really good form race. And you can follow Alpha Cena. I'd be laying Benji's, who dead heated. He got every chance on speed there. So he's on a winning run, but that will come to an end next start. And I'll be backing the first, equal first and second horse advance. Advance was huge, getting to a mile. That was enormous. If he draws a gate and can settle midfield next time, he'll be winnings. There you go. There's actually more honorary mentions. We should roll around. This is a Pendrith was strong this week. It was. Because, I mean, that sort of Pendrith there. And an arrogant Pendrith is brilliant. Kind of wish he won it. Yeah. Ollie on Cap de Joie. Ooh, yeah. Mate. She's a three-year-old filly, but she's Northern Hemisphere, so she can't run in classics, can she? I'm not sure about that. Well, maybe not. Into, I don't know. I'm not sure what the, the rules are around that, but she's actually finished fast enough there to think that there's a better race than that around for her, and certainly she should be winning one of those. Mm. Well, Ollie jumped off the winner to Ryder, so he was right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hammer on, William Pike, he would have been the, oh, the Rose Hill winner. I mean, that's horrendous. That's a cla- that's a classic Pendrith. Oh. See Waller in a wide draw. Oh. I mean, they're made for it, and so is the next honourable mention, Espiona. Oh. I mean, it was always coming I mean, around. We I called it on Friday. Had, actually, we've already put J-Mac on the, um, on the table on Friday because we just assumed that that would be the Pendrith, and it was – Close run thing. He was. He should be very grateful that um, Craig decided to sit so far back on elliptical. <laughs> uh, let off the hook, J Mac on Espiona, but she finished really quickly, and I suppose quickly enough for me to say she was about at her best there, Espiona, so far, and maybe she is. It, look, she's not wings, no. <laughs> but maybe there's got to be something for Espiona, and maybe she still is the the good filly that she was cracked up to be. The beauty of Espiona now is that I think most people are finally going to get rid Everyone's of her. sick of her and it's time to start. And she's only now getting she's, better. Now she's ready. Third up, draws inside. I'll definitely be backing her next mm, up. I think she's been running – like she's run herself into better form yeah. whilst disappointing everyone. It's fantastic. Yeah. This is – you can avoid backing her and then you finally get to a point where she's ready, which will be next start. And there's not a lot around in terms of the mares. So is she a, is she a golden eagle? Is she gumbooting? Could be. Still. Everyone's hinging now on what Moody wants to do with his rocket because if he comes up for the Golden Eagle, get in the queue, boys. Well, maybe not because this morning his nemesis is coming over for the Silver Eagle, which I assume means Imperatrice is running in the Golden Eagle. Have to. Yeah. And so she's smashed I Wish I Win twice in as many meetings. She started odds on against him twice, belted the suitcase out of him twice. We've got her rated a couple of pounds better than him. And no one even knows who she is. No. <laughs> That's Imperatriz. I-M-P-E-R-A-T-R-I-Z. How much has Moody improved him? Yeah, about 10 pounds so far. Yeah. 10 pounds pending. Mm. More to come, Cause I would it, say. It's a pretty interesting line to draw with him. So I'm Thunderstruck won the two-rack. He's rated higher than I'm Thunderstruck leading into the two-rack this year. Yep. And then, of course, I'm Thunderstruck came up and won the Golden Eagle. It's a lot of money if he wins a two-rack. They're mad if they don't come up, but the talk is they're looking at the Cox Plate. How nice is it to see trainers and owners care about a bit of history as opposed to just filling the boots? Wouldn't give them too much credit. It's worth a lot of money as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's How much is it worth compared? Not that much. It's a Cox Plate worth $8 million or something. Golden Eagle's $40 million. Yeah, well, that's true. But he would obviously hold a much stronger chance of winning the Golden Eagle. Oh, he'll be heavy favourite if they do want to come up here. So I was looking at this. 
I was playing around with my little Monte Carlo machine here because I was so interested in the the fact that Imperatrix might be coming over and with absolutely no gloss but better New Zealand form than I wish I win. Mm. Um, and we were saying at the back of last season, and I think despite a dishonourable fourth last time from Imperatrix, she's run poorly last time, so she's out of favour. But she's rated higher than Fangirl, who's one of our main. Mm. And we're talking for like Fangirl Espiona. Is that our main Sydney? Is that Waller's artillery? The funny thing with Imperatrice is she's getting out of New Zealand to dodge the wet tracks. And coming to Sydney. Guys, <laughs> it's going to be worse over here. The other, yeah, the other one I was looking at, so I was looking through this thinking, okay, what's, what's I wish I win got a beat and, and Imperatrice obviously fits mm. in here with a nice chance if that's the case. Yep. Then it's sort of fangirl espiona. I know Gypsy Goddess is going there, but ratings-wise she's going to have to elevate quite a bit actually. Be some training performance as um, well. I think I haven't heard anything more since... At Royal Ascot, Charlie Appleby won the jersey with Noble Truth and immediately after it he started talking Golden Pelicans. <laughs> but I haven't heard any more about that. So is that I assume that's done because there'd be fanfare, wouldn't there? You'd have to be here by now. And Light Infantry ran second in the Jacques Le Marois at Deauville to Inspiral or Inspiral, Tomato Tomato. And it was full steam ahead. We're going to the Golden Pelican as well. So Light Infantry off that one rating, admittedly it's only one, but there's a bit of promise prior is right in the game here. If you've got news on light infantry, right into the racing and sports, who's in the Golden Pelican competition for your chance to win a um, no-expenses-paid lunch with Simon Dinopoulos. How good. <laughs> Looking at the market at this stage, I wish I win $6 favourite. You have light infantry there at $8. Yeah, so still at the top of the betting. So mm. that's He's coming. He's coming, okay. Animo and Mazu are both doubtful. Lol, they shouldn't even be in the market. Notorious, he's landed back home. But he's not going to the Eagle. Well, it's too far for him. He doesn't need it. I think he's, he's going to. He's a sprinter. To, I think they're <laughs> going to try and win the car at the Valley with him. <laughs> back to 955. <laughs> Fangirl will run off the Epsom, but she is on weather watch. She's no chance in either if we get a wet track. Hinge looks a good chance in the Epsom this weekend. Espioni we touched on. She's back as good as ever. Gypsy Goddess, lol, first up. Imperatrice, $15. So, I mean, taking a straight line through the New Zealand form, that's a bit big. That's a horrendous market. Yep. <laughs> Just like to point that out. The sneaky for me is Waterford. So yeah. he'll he'll go to the Silver Eagle and then to the Golden Eagle, one of the best laughs you'll ever see in the trials this morning from Waterford. And he's nowhere near them at this stage yet, but I think he's a really nice horse and not out of the question that he can make that jump. I tell you what, you've got that market up on the screen here and I, I see a, um, surely not a Golden Eagle horse, but I see a Coonji contender in there, La Creek. Coonji? She's on her way across. She's coming across from New Zealand as well, on, probably on the same plane as Imperatrice to get away from the wet tracks. And I've got a feeling they're going to land in the Coonji. <laughs> she's made for it. What's the countdown? How long have we got to the Coonji? Two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Well, well, it's actually it's, it's in the middle of the... It's on. It's now got its own day, as it should. Yep. It is Coonji Day, the Wednesday, and I, for one, cannot wait. Who's favourite at Adam Bet at this stage? Uh, now, still, I wish I win. Oh, I think he's. You're going to get on the phone to Moods. Yeah. No, we'd be six dollars. I wish I win Golden Eagle. Six dollars. I wish I win in the Coonji. It was a weekend of, um, in, you know, good Coonji trials. Actually, that Sandown was full of good Coonji trials. Aesop. Hmm. Nice Coonji trial, ran to 105. You've got to be a bit better than that to win a Coonji, but all upside. Yep. Another one that won finishing full of running, and there was um, the Lion as well, Regal Lion. Yeah. 
So both in the same. I mean, OTI are obviously looking to tackle the Kunji mob-handed. Mm. Yep, they're taking a heavy set. I mean, Thunderstruck might even be now that he's been pushed off the weight for age path. He might even think about it. We might have a OTI triple threat. <laughs> but there's certainly some um, nice winners there. In fact, Sandown was loaded with nice winners, and they were two of them. Just on nice winners, let's get around the grounds. Get ready. It's time for Around the Grounds. We can t- keep talking Kunji, actually. You know who the fastest figure... I need to maybe go back and do some work on this. The fastest figure at a at a click was Desert Icon. Oh, looked really? To, looked to get an absolute picnic in front and then and then zip up home under a pretty clever and Morikawa-nominated Brett Preble, 112-time figure. That's quick. Yeah. He'd run... He did have a... He won at Newmarket one time by about... 10 lengths or something like that and you know he does have talent but I think he's a he might have been a bit of a, a Goldilocks horse cinching the times at the valley were really slow really slow like tipping in towards what you would it didn't look like that and it's sort of fence on fire and it didn't they weren't throwing mud or anything like that but the times were almost sort of heavy track times very strange so here I am saying Desert Icon might have run the best time figure on the card but it was this only one slower JRA Cup this century I might need to go back and have another look at this <laughs> But uh, it's interesting, and he absolute Kunji candidate. Yeah. Although the JRA Cup has only just held up in the Kunji over the years, it certainly hasn't been a um, hasn't been Epsom like in the Kunji. Uh, Jackano was the best figure at Rose Hill, which would surprise no one. Not many, no. The more interesting thing, I mean, we've already pretty much discussed it, but straight speed figures. I wish I win one fifteen. Alligator blood one fourteen. Pace related, of yep. course. Alligator blood the the better rating overall and the, the better racehorse overall for now. Mm. But, yeah, the, the overall time was was fast in the I Wish I Win race. It was a, a well-run race, a strongly run race, which the, the Underwood could not claim to be. But I Wish I Win still finished full of running as well, but not quite as fast as they did in the Underwood. All things relative to Woomba, it was um, Cup and Wheatwood Day. Yep. And the Cup actually nudges out the Wheatwood only just. Seat of power. He's been a rock up there without winning and, and got a deserved feature race. Put a, put a big slam on his CV. The Toowoomba Cup. Um, he's rated 104. He didn't quite have to run that fast to win the Toowoomba Cup on the clock. And Axe, who was rated 105, ran into the 90s time figure-wise. If four horses ran over 100 in the Wheatwood, that's a deep, strong Wheatwood. How good is Jack Bruce going? And I was going to say, and I'll throw it to you for, you were saying in the office last week that Jack Bruce is shooting the lights out up north and he's now won a feature, the yeah. Wheatwood. Yeah, the Deegan Adonis, Jack Bruce. I saw him up at Stradbroke. He needed a feed. He'd been working that. I was just skin and bones. But he is absolutely flying and doing a really good job. And no surprise, you won't get many better internships than he's had. DeCock, Waller, Mara and Eustace. So great to see him doing a good job. And anyone taking a horse from in Queensland, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, Michael Costa trained a lot of winners up there and was highly regarded. And he's picked up Axe from him. Yep. Axe was Costa, wasn't it? Yep. And... Won a Wheatwood with him and run ratings-wise. He's every bit as good now as he was under Costa. So that's a tick. It's a tick. Uh, and then we're heading out your way. I haven't actually told you what the... Ooh. All the King's men ran faster than the stakes race. The Blackheart... I was happy to see that the, yeah. race, the Blackheart Bart stakes comes a time who is about 110 horse, has run slower time than all the King's men who's about 100 horse. But again, a bit like at Sandown, this is pace-related, right? Yep. And comes a time, is is he a Pinnacles player? I, d- I don't think so. This highlights Chrissy Parnham's ride in the last on advanced. So that last race should have been that much faster. It should have set the ground by far. So even the winner 
was a 20-pound markup and it was only sort of 10 pounds off where you expect the ground to be. So I'd say, as mentioned, the last is the race to follow from Saturday, heading towards the pinnacles. And oh, do you want to hit, hit the button? That is just so exciting! Two-year-old racing across the weekend at Newmarket, three days of it. You had to find one. There's got to be one in there. There had to be fast horses. Well, the fastest of them, by my very quick, I must admit, quite a quick run at it. Um, but Lazoo and Blackbeard won the two group ones on the Saturday night and looked well up to scratch, certainly up to scratch form-wise. One, two, three in the middle park were the same one, two, three from the Morney at Deauville. English handicappers will make sure that it rates much, much higher at Newmarket than it did at Deauville. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Strutting around in their fancy long jeans watches, disrespecting the French. It's actually quite likeable behaviour. Uh, and Lazoo beat Meditate in the Sheverly Park. Meditate, who had run behind Tanawa's little sister. Uh, had a nice little push for that form as if it needed it. Um, but the fastest time figure, I reckon, across the three days was from Commissioning, who's another two-year-old filly who won the Rockfell really fast and looked terrific. Traditional spelling? Double M, double S. Is that traditional spelling of Commissioning? Don't know. Neither do I. But it looks right to me. And she looks better than right. She looks fantastic. And she was one of those, the further they went, the better she looked. And she's by Kingman out of a mare called Sovereign Parade, who was the dam of Capri, who won an Irish Derby and a St. Ledger. And so she's going to get further than this 1,400 metres. And so that visual impression, I'm turning into an eyes guy. That Love visual, it. In fact, we if got you're him. an eyes we guy. We got him finally. <laughs> if you are an eyes guy, go and have a look at commissioning, double M, double S. Yep. Go and have a look at her debut on the July course for one of those runs where she looked completely outpaced and gone and then just kept coming and then all of a sudden she was all over them at the finish. She's pretty good. She ran a nice figure there and then a better one here and I reckon she's run about 113 speed figure at a second start. Young trainer John Gosden. Who's, I haven't heard of him. I think he'll do a good job with her. But she's a she's a classic filly for, for next year and from a very different... So that was a fast race with a fast speed figure. For a race with a slow speed figure, which is often... Overlooked. Well, often an even better place to find winners and certainly probably to find value. There's a, a horse in the Judmont Colours, another young trainer with a, with a bit of upside called Sir Michael Stout. Yeah. Trained this Nostrum to, to win the Cornwallis. I think the form's about as good, 112.13, that ballpark, but the pace was slow. 107% was the ratio of late speed to overall speed, which is fast mm. at the end. For over there yeah. too. Yeah, so he's, he's finishing fast. Uh, he's a Kingman brother to Imaging. He'll be well found. <laughs> yeah. Well, Imaging is only, we only like Imaging. Could be coming to Chris Waller. That could be, I mean, I'm not sure if there are markets out for the 2025 Shannon. But I tell you what, Nostrum. Get around him. <laughs> but they are, I reckon they're the two nicest. They're ones for the Black Book for March next year. Spell the second. A next year, sorry. Spell the second one. No, I can't. I scribbled it down and I can't even really read my own writing. (laughs) Well, you'll find it. That wraps us up. For the review show, we'll be back with the punters preamble on Friday. Good luck to those having a bet during the week. Rose Hill on Wednesday. I love this meeting and there's big fields. Hopefully a bit of value to be had.